0: everyone welcome back to another episode of Midwest Madness your true crime cult conspiracy encrypted podcast I'm Emily and I'm Danielle and happy Tuesday Um, I don't have much to say other than this weather is fucking depressing I was
1: wondering if you're gonna bring it up it's just terrible I'm Um, just over it I saw that we are in the eighth snowiest winter of all time in Minnesota yeah since
0: they like started keeping records it's just bullshit, and I'm over it. And it's cold. I'm, uh, today I'm wasn't terrible. It's in the twenties still. No, it's not. It's Yesterday's. thirty-five. No, I looked before I left work. It was twenty-nine. Oh,
1: my thing said thirty-five, but I am
0: in, in a the d- sun, maybe. Maybe. But either way, <laughs> it's just bullshit. Yes. Um, can't remember the last time we had a St. Patrick's Day with like snow.
1: Well, at this rate, we're going to have snow in May with the pool open at mom and dad's house. Yeah. So so. it's going to be snow in the front yard and the pool open in the back. That's where we're going to be at. But honestly, like we did need some more water for the lakes and stuff and the rivers. And as long as it doesn't melt too
0: fast, we should be fine. Yep. So we'll do um, next. Not when we record your episode but the next time we record we're gonna have to do a mental health check on emily because <laughs> okay <laughs> not doing well.
1: okay well just think <laughs> you've got a trip coming up soon
0: Ugh, i don't have a day off until may twenty something now. Oh, shit um, it's a long time that is a long time. it feels like a long time it's really not it's like two months but but still like
1: that i mean it's a hot minute yeah just gets depressing
0: so yeah i get that i'm over it i'm over it it's uh snow fatigue that's what i read on the internet oh interesting (laughs) i didn't know how to
1: name i mean it makes sense yeah so
0: that's my rant about the weather and
1: so if you don't live in the midwest you're welcome
0: (laughs) i wouldn't even say the midwest because my coworker ashley Mm -hmm. lives in missouri and it's like 72 there I'm sorry, what? I know, it's a state and a half away. What did we
1: do to Mother Nature? Okay. Pissed it off. I mean, clearly, because we're supposed to get more snow on Thursday. I hate to break that news to you. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Oh, Jesus. Okay, well, I thought I was breaking bad news
0: to you, but you just turned that right around on me. Duluth is supposed to get, like, another 12 to 18 inches. What? Yeah. So...
1: (laughs) what is this fresh hell so when they say when hell freezes over this is what it's like i'm sure when hell freezes over
0: (laughs) okay that's all on my weather rant um this has been weather with emily yeah (laughs) (laughs) fuck fuck the winter i thought you were flipping (laughs) no not you (laughs) i was (laughs) like that was funny that's (laughs) the mother nature (laughs) don't do that you're gonna piss her off even more honestly bring it on at this point
1: uh oh oh god (laughs) (laughs) so guys when there's a huge snowstorm in like two weeks it's emily's fault she did this to us
0: um one last thing about weather though side note yeah when my so it would have been my freshman year of college so 2014 14 okay my roommates in duluth because i went to i didn't go to you didn't start at Duluth. I didn't start at Duluth. Yeah. I started in Nebraska. Right. They would, te- they would tell me that, like, the day they moved out of the dorms their freshman year, yeah. it was snowing.
1: <laughs> that happened to me at BSU. Yeah. In I moved out. in May, right? Yeah. I moved out at early May, and it was literally snowing, and I was like, get me the fuck out of here. Yeah. Get me out of here. I cannot handle this. Terrible. So, okay. there's a reason why I will never live that far north ever again. <laughs> um cool okay
0: now i'm officially (laughs) done okay um okay i'm going to tell the story today um and this week i took my inspiration from a podcast that we both listened to i took it from the deck actually oh yeah so for those of you who might not listen to the deck Um, basically the podcast gets its cases from decks of cards that each state puts out for unsolved crimes and missing persons cases in their states um they then distribute the cards to police stations and prisons around that state to hopefully uh get some leads in these um essentially cold cases yes uh after listening to the most recent episode, that mean you, what well, you told me to listen to, yeah, the uh, it was Deanna Patnoid. Yes, um, she was the Four of Diamonds from Minnesota. I found out in that episode that you can actually find the decks of cards online and see what cases are featured. Oh, cool. Um, I don't know. In my mind, for some reason, I thought there was one deck of cards. Oh, not one for like, each different
1: stage? Yeah.
0: Okay. And so I was like, "Oh, she's gonna run out of podcasts really fast." <laughs> um, but surprise, it's each state, and each state has multiple different. Oh, I didn't versions. know it had more than Two. one version. Well, um, I shouldn't say each each state. The state I looked at had okay three, I believe.
1: I also just side note, love their theme music. Yeah, that is it a good is theme time. So cool.
0: Um, so. I thought that was pretty interesting and cool, so I decided that um, I was going to look at some, because you know me, I do love a good unsolved mystery. Yes. Uh, so this week, I'm going to be telling the story of a few different missing person cases out of the state of Indiana. Um, I'm going to tell a few different stories, because we don't have the resources or time or research material that that podcast does to be able to do a case a episode right um because like the the card itself literally has like maybe three sentences of information okay so it's not that much info um so yeah we're gonna go with i think i did two like sort of longish longer we'll say medium-sized And then one like literal literal blurb. Okay. Um. I just I wanted to mention that one too. So. Okay. Okay.
1: You said unsolved, and I got I I got nervous because mine's an unsolved too, and I knew where yours. Mine are missing
0: persons.
1: Okay. Mine. Mine is technically also a missing person, but I I still got like nervous even though I knew what state you were in. I was like, oh god, here it is. This is the time (laughs) to do the same one, but we didn't
0: okay so all the cases are located in the state of indiana i like i stated. um yes. the first person we're going to be talking about is a man named daniel reeve um and his card was the two of diamonds what i should have done is i should have read the blurbs from each card but i oh maybe i could pull it up Ooh, really quick that would be cool let me see if this works pause pausing um I will talk oh, about... Oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to read his card really quick. Okay. Um, he's the Two of Diamonds. It says, Daniel Reeves, age 25, was last heard from early on May 4th, 2008, when he texted his girlfriend. Roughly one week after his disappearance, his gold 1999 Chrysler Sebring was found abandoned in Green Hills, on Green Hills Drive in Madison, Indiana. Investigators later learned the vehicle had been there since approximately 11 p.m. on May 3rd, 2008. Reeves is a white male, 5'11" with brown hair and blue eyes. If you have information regarding this case, um tips and then it says number 80 tips hotline. So Okay. Um okay. Do you have pictures of the card,
1: the actual cards?
0: Yeah, it's actually like a Mm, yeah, it's. I can Can you post them? Yeah, I'll post okay. them. Um okay. So Daniel was 25 when he went missing on the night of May 4th, 2008. Um, Daniel was described by his parents as someone who loved computers, and it seemed like his life was in perfect order. He was known as shy shy and even-tempered. He had a girlfriend of seven years named Sarah, who he also shared a young child with. Now, sidebar on that comment. I'm assuming they shared the young child together. It never explicitly said that they shared it together. Okay. He said he had a young child. Okay. I'm assuming, considering they were together for seven years, that the child was both of theirs. Right. That would make sense. Um, okay. Uh, he had been recently attending college at Indiana University Southeast in New Albany, Indiana. The night before Daniel disappeared, uh, so that would have been May 3rd, um, Daniel was at Sarah's house in Jefferson County, Indiana. The two were hanging out and watching television when Sarah ended up falling asleep around 2 a.m. When she woke up around 4 a.m., two hours later, she had a text message from Daniel saying, I love you, and that's it. Just, I love you. Uh, When she went to look for him, she found he was no longer at her house and that his car was gone. She immediately tried giving him a call on his phone, but he didn't answer. Um, That text message would be the last thing anyone ever heard from Daniel. It's
1: kind of a sweet last
0: words. Yeah.
1: Sad, but sweet.
0: When Daniel didn't return home from Sarah's house that night, his parents reported him missing to police. A week after Daniel went missing on May 10th, police located his um, 1999 Gold Sea Chrysler Sebring in Madison, Indiana, which was about 30 minutes away from where Sarah lived in Jefferson County. His money, uh, wallet, credit cards um, were all found in the car still. I believe the keys in his cell phone were gone. not located there, though. Okay. The weird thing about this, though, is that reports state that Daniel's car had been there since May 3rd at around 11 p.m. But if you remember, Sarah stated that the two of them were up watching television about until about 2 a.m. that day night slash morning so that was that would have been three hours after his car was sighted yeah 30 minutes away so how could Daniel have been in Jefferson County 30 minutes away and his car been in Madison was his car serviceable like was it working yes working okay
1: so it wasn't like he had car trouble pulled over or like he ran out of gas and pulled over it was just like no
0: I believe I mean don't get me wrong don't Quote okay. me on this, but this is my assumption, is that it was either found in, like, some sort of parking lot or something. Oh, okay. Because you would think if the car was found on this, Like, that would have been found a lot faster than just a week in my mind. Yeah. If a car had just been on the side of the road.
1: Yeah, because, like, a lot of times you'll drive past them and they'll have, like, the date written the writing on the window. And, um, yeah. By the, the
0: police, yeah. so... And you have one day after the rating to get your car off the road. Okay. So, otherwise it'll get towed. Okay. Um... Now this could have just been a discrepancy in timelines, but we really don't know for sure. Many people seem to think that Daniel could have possibly died by suicide, but both his parents and Sarah say that Daniel wasn't angry or depressed and his life had been going great. Um for me the big thing on this one is um the body was never found. Right. In most most suicides um they Person will do it in a place where the body will be found. Right. They don't go off into the middle of the woods most of the time. Obviously, there's especially
1: in our country, and our culture. Yeah. Because they're in. Yeah. yeah. Um, in other places, it's different. Different,
0: but, but and again, there's, there. That's not to say that there aren't those cases where people do. But right. Chances are, it's just less likely that, right? and especially since it's been so. Long, Yeah. And nothing's been found. I think it's been, yeah, 14 years. So... Yeah, that's a long time. to That just doesn't really track for me, personally. Um, yeah, I can understand why. The case today is unfortunately cold. Um, there are no new clues and searches of the area his car was found and the nearby state park have turned up nothing. It's now been 14 years since Daniel went missing um and that is the case of daniel reeve um yeah so his car was found near a state park okay could he have gone there i don't know was there a fight i don't know it's like such a weird time of day too though right it's either 11 p.m ish or 2 a.m ish yeah
1: or between 2 and 4 i guess yeah so, and, like, why would you go to the... At either of those times, why would you go to the... Uh, j- I don't know. They did say National he, fact. like,
0: was known to, like, hike there sometimes. And but in the dark? I, yeah. I'm like, well, maybe him and Sarah had a fight. And he was like, I just need to go somewhere cool off my head. And he was like, well, I've hiked here before. Maybe. Yeah. But what when is... Let me see and, the And wouldn't you think
1: she would have said we got into a fight... Maybe, but maybe she didn't want... I mean... I don't know. I personally would want to give as much information as I could to find the person that I yeah. loved, but...
0: So, I, you know, and I'm just speculating here, Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, that's it on Daniel. When did he go missing? What May. Time it, it was May. Yep. Okay. Because I was going to say, well, was it cold out, but no, I mean... I mean, not particularly. May, is, May can be hit or miss. Yeah. And I'm assuming it's a little more warmer than it is here, but... Right. Um... Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Next person we are going to talk about today is Molly Dottillo, who is the Jack of Diamonds. You want me to read her card? That'd be great.
1: Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting over uh, some sickness here, so I'm a little coffee.
0: So I did um all diamonds, if you haven't. I, I would not that. have picked that I did that the up. diamonds. <laughs> okay. And I did, there was three missing persons cases in the diamonds that's why i wanted to just add the blurb about the last one because i didn't want to do two and not right talk about the that thing. makes sense okay so molly detillo age 23 was last heard from at 11 p.m on july 6 2004 she had been placed she had placed a f- call to a friend from a thornton's gas station on crawford'sville road in indianapolis indiana all personal belongings were found in her vehicle Dattillo was five f- feet tall, a hundred pounds with green eyes and brown hair. God, that's tiny okay um sorry, gotta just grab my thingy okay Molly was a i had twenty two and twenty three okay the card I believe says twenty three so we're gonna go with twenty three okay he was a 23-year-old college student who attended Eastern Kentucky University on a running scholarship, but she was spending the summer in the Indianapolis area. She was originally from Madison, Indiana. Kind of weird, they there. Yeah. Um, and was attending summer classes at Indiana University and Purdue University. Side note on that. I don't know if those are the same. Like, I know Purdue University, but the way it was written was like they were one university. I don't think that's right, so I separated them. If Do you think it's kind of like St. Kate and St. Thomas? I don't think so, personally. Okay. But maybe, I don't know, maybe they're really close to each other. I have no idea. Okay. Um, while living with her brother at the Westlake Apartments on the west side of the city, Molly went missing on July 6, 2004. She had spent the day attending classes and running some errands. She had left her brother's apartment around 7 p.m. to walk to a Wendy's to drop off a job application. While on her way, she ran into a friend of her brother's, the two spoke briefly before going their separate ways. The friend did state that Molly had a phone with her at the time. Later that night, Molly attended a party at the Westlake Apartments, where her brother and her were living. While there, she met a man named John Shelton. Her and John left the party together to take a rowboat out onto the apartment's retention pond and then went and grabbed some food from a Taco Bell um john's brother benji was the maintenance worker at the apartment complex and he was able to get um the two of them into the locked shed that had the boats in it because you would assume that they locked those up every night right at least i did
1: yeah we always Um, did at camp so i would assume
0: around 11 p.m the two ended up at a thornton's gas station which was located about three miles from the taco bell in the opposite direction of the Westlake apartments Molly did attempt to call a friend from the gas station's payphone, but the line unfortunately disconnected as soon as the friend answered. That was the last time anyone besides John heard or saw Molly. Heard from or saw Molly. Um, Molly's brother didn't report her missing right away because it wasn't uncommon for Molly to be away from the apartment for a few days um, because of her schedule and her social life. But after he hadn't heard from or her or seen her in two days, he began worried and notified the police on July 8th, 2004. Police, of course, didn't really take Molly's disappearance seriously right away and thought that Molly had left on her own. But when they learned that all of her belongings, including her car, cell phone, bank card, money, and ID were still at her brother's apartment, they began to consider that foul play may have been involved. Police considered the fact that her cell phone was found in the apartment to be important because that meant Molly or someone with Molly's phone had been in the apartment after her brother's friend had seen her delivering the job application to Wendy's. Police obviously also wanted to speak with John Shelton because as far as anyone knows, he was the last person to talk to Molly, but John insists that he took Molly home after they visited the gas station pause note here really quick yeah. i'm gonna assume that she obviously didn't have her cell phone this whole night i'm gonna assume she went home after dropping off the application and then didn't bring her phone to the party because if she had her phone why would she use a pay phone to try to call her friend um i mean unless it was dead but true i don't yeah i don't know if it was or not Um, unfortunately, because police didn't take Molly's disappearance seriously right away, they quickly ran out of leads, and Molly's case went cold. And her uh, family essentially had to take the case into their own hands.
1: That always just enrages me. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Due to their own investigation and the information that they got from police, Molly's family became convinced that John Shelton and his father, Edward Shelton, were responsible for Molly's disappearance and likely her death. Um... I don't know why they grouped the dad in there. I never got that information. It's like Elizabeth Short all over again. Um, many people ca- came forward after Molly's disappearance to talk about how much of a shady character John Shelton was. A criminal background check showed that John Shelton had been in trouble with the law many different times, beginning in 1994 with a felony theft charge and ending with a drug charge that has put him in prison through the year 2038. So he's currently Whoa. in prison. We don't really have any more information, though, about why police said Molly's family might believe John was responsible for her disappearance. Um, Yeah, I couldn't really find much information. But we do know that Molly's family sued John Shelton and his father, which resulted in the family being awarded nearly $3.5 million in damages. That they will never see. Probably not, unfortunately. Um, Molly's family also helped get Molly's law passed in 2007. This law requires law enforcement to accept missing persons reports immediately and it identifies, uh, for adults and identifies those at who might possibly be high risk. Okay. The law also offers annual missing persons trainings for police departments. Um, and it was passed in Indiana first and it's been passed in some other states now as well. Okay. That's a smart uh, law to have. It is believed that if the police would have taken Molly's case more seriously right away, there could have been some justice for Molly. Um, Molly was declared legally dead in 2017. Her body has never been found, and no one has been ever officially charged with her death. It's just so frustrating, like, when the family has to do all
1: this work. It's like they're grieving, and now they have to put that aside and take up the mantle of finding their loved one it's just just so frustrating yeah so hearing that laws like that are being passed is is really good yeah. really nice
0: um okay so like i stated there was one more missing person in the deck of cards um in the diamonds section yeah the rest of them were homicides um so i was like well i might as well just do it yeah. um so h- the seven of diamonds um his name is Montario holder and let me pull up his card really quick Montario L holder age 24 has been missing since October 25th 1994 his car was found in 1995 at the Stone Key Apartments but there was no sign of holder that's literally all it says jeez um and that's i mean like basically all the the information I have, he went missing on October 25th, 1994 in Indianapolis. His car was found ab- abandoned sometime the next year, so 1995, and sometime I don't have a date, um, at the Stone Key Apartments. There are no clues left in the car, and police don't have any leads in this case, and unfortunately that's like literally all I could find. That's crazy. Yeah, so I didn't want to just... And it's weird that it took so long to find his car. Car, that's the thing. I'm like, okay, so was someone driving it? Yeah, right. I'm going to assume maybe someone was driving it. That's a risky move. I know. Um. Yeah. That's... uh I got. <laughs> yeah, that's... You were not kidding. That is a blurb. Blurb. <laughs> like, literally, the only information I could find was pretty much the information that was on his card, so. That's crazy. Um. That is... All I got for today's
1: episode, um, all the diamond and the missing diamonds and
0: deck. I think it was the third deck I chose. Okay. I can't remember for sure. Um, yeah. If people found these, this interesting, I kind of liked it because it's sometimes it's hard to find cases and yeah. this was really a convenient way for me to find cases to do. So I'm if sure you want deep
1: dives, go check out the deck. Deck, yes. The and, podcast.
0: Um, I'm sure I will be doing more. I know I have some deck episodes like like there's people that the deck have covered that I also want to cover. Yeah, same.
1: I ha- I think I did one from uh, Crime Junkie yeah. from their other podcast.
0: I have one for sure. So we will definitely be hearing more stories from that. But cool. I just thought it was a little different. Yeah. Um okay, my socials. So, no, my <laughs> sources, sorry, sources. Um, www.wave3.com, uh uncovered.com, reddit.com, uncoveredagain.com. I found a lot of information on this uncovered thing, uh thing website. <laughs> um medium.com, charlieproject.org and the place you can find the cards is www.in.gov
1: okay so our socials are mw madness podcast at gmail.com mw madness podcast on instagram and midwest madness podcast facebook group
0: perfect well we hope you guys have a great rest of your tuesday and a good saint patrick's day and we will talk to you guys next week bye